to welcome back you guys to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, your host, Moira Kassaba, and I have a special guest in store for you guys today, Mr. Stephen Scoggins. I'm so freaking excited. This has been a long time coming. Thank you for being here and thank you for taking the time to be on the Are show Are you today. kidding me? I get to hang out with you today? This is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to love this. This is so fun. So listen, I am going to dig right in because I am mesmerized by Aww, who you are, you. by your brand, by what you're doing in the world. And I, you know, I always just say it like it is. I just say what ex- exactly what's on my mind. And so I want to start here. When I pull you up on Instagram, it says serial nine figure entrepreneur, unstoppable show, which is awesome. Your show, um, as seen in Forbes, entrepreneur, wall street and ABC. Those are some huge accolades, right? So my number one, my entrepreneurial brain is like, whoa, like how, how and what, like, how did you do it? What are you doing? What's the business model look like? Mm-hmm. My human side, it's like, what's the story behind it? <laughs> There's a little bit of one. And then, <laughs> sure. I'm sure. And then my, my spirit mm-hmm. is like, but here's the crazy thing. You're not some like guy on Instagram that comes across as some, you know, cheesy guy that's on uh-huh. stage, like wheeling and dealing his business advice. When you pop up on my Instagram, I'm like, is this like my pastor? Honestly, uh-huh. like it, that's, that's how I receive your voice whenever I'm watching something. It is so identical mm-hmm. to the people that I respect the most in my faith community. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, this is mesmerizing. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I also think that a lot of times we have a hard time reconciling success and money Mm -hmm. with being people of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and they're usually two different camps, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So where do we start? Who who the heck are you? (laughs) What are you doing in the world? And how did you get here? Well, let's let's start with authenticity first, right? Because I feel like the world needs more authenticity. I think a lot of people uh, wear masks all day long. Um, yeah. I would actually, that was, there was a, I, I, there was a reel I did not long ago for an event that we did here at my place, <clears throat> um, called level up live. And one of the things that came on my heart was people are consistently living someone else's life. Therefore they feel unhappy and fulfilled and, you know, so on and so forth. And so much about life and discovering life and business and everything is so much about discovering really who you are and yeah. what you're, what you are specifically called to do. And most of us grow up in environments where a parental role model of some kind, whether it's a parent or a grandparent or a friend or a mentor or a coach or a whatever, you know, they say, well, I think you should do this and go this direction. Right. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, most of us realize that doesn't feel right in here. Yeah. It, it kind of, it kind of feels maybe, maybe, maybe I got some skills with that, but I don't know. So I say all that to say that <clears throat> um, one of the things that I did specifically, and I totally ripped this from Mel Robbins, by the way, um, Mel Robbins on my about page of my website, it gives the accolades at the top. Yep. And then one section down, it says the real story. Ah, uh, yes. Right. I've because, definitely got that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the real story is what attracts people in yeah. community, um, to people like myself, yourself, and a lot of our mutual friends that we lo- know and love dearly, you know, Randy and coach star and all these just amazing yeah. human beings that we just absolutely love. Um, all share in the fact that they're, they're, they're authentic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the world is tired of the guru. Yeah, right? they're, they're tired of someone that just gets up and sells and whatever. And look, the reality is, is you're going to have to invest in yourself. 
The difference is, is when you are investing in yourself, are you investing in someone that's trying to serve you? Or are you investing in someone that's trying to serve themselves? Right. You know, right. and to me, that's the, the the trend. So for me, most folks know by now, I started my first company, um, a construction business out of the trash piles of a construction site. Um, I built a business up in a necessity. I don't recommend you get homeless first and then build your business <laughs> that way. I just don't recommend it. But, you know, if, it, if it's if it's your track, then right, you know right. there's hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that was a very difficult time for me specifically, but when I'm honest with myself and I believe there can be no transparency, or I'm sorry, no, there can be no transformation without ultimate transparency. Mm. Most, Say that one more time. We got to, we got to pause on that. There can be no transformation. Without radical transparency. You oh. have to be willing to be very honest with yourself. And I know this is part of your story. Like at some yeah. point in time, if you're going to transform yourself from the inside out to from whatever your from is to mm -hmm. your two is right. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you being honest with yourself, but not in a, con a condemning kind of way or hurtful right. way or whatever. And most of us live in that life. Most of us like they yeah. define, we define ourselves by experiences that we have and we wear that label for the rest of our life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I was a former addict. I'm, I'm divorced. I'm uh, yep. I went through bankruptcy. I, you know, I wasn't a great parent for a while, like all these different things. And most of us don't realize there's different chapters in every story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It's <clears> like we wear them like a cloak of shame and the, and mm -hmm. the cloak of shame is one of the heaviest things you can, yeah. you can bear in your life. And it's like, when we can look back and just realize that's just, like you said, it's just a chapter in the book, you yeah. know, and yeah. And I don't know how long you've been on the East Coast. I was born and raised out here and then lived on the West Coast for a while and then came back to the East Coast for the last 20 years. I think that's why I actually loved Southern California so much and, mm -hmm. and the culture. And, and I can remember people being like, oh, it's the most, you know, fake plastic thing, you know, whatever. And I'm like, gee, that is not what I found. Like yeah. I found people that you'd be like, Hey, nice to meet you. How do you know? And so-and-so, Oh, you mm -hmm. know, my brother was an addict and this was, a da, da, da. they were just like word vomit. And you're sitting yeah. there from a conservative East coast, small town. You're like, <laughs> Holy crap. I can't believe this person just told me all that. But yeah. I'm like, how refreshing Yeah, because yeah. it just takes the shame away. Like we've yeah. all got our stuff. It's no big deal. And, and the more people share it, mm -hmm. the more it disarms everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to take that um, even a, a step further, I was working with a young lady yesterday um, who, and I say this as, as politely as possible, um, who's a, who's so attractive that she's always been taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, yeah. yesterday I was like trying to help her understand, you have to understand what a healthy masculine man looks like. Mm -hmm. And you also need to understand what a healthy female looks like. Mm -hmm. And until you get that understanding and until you kind of like make your list and figure out who you need to become to like really shape yourself to attract that kind like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. stop settling for trash. Right. 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 <clears throat> and most right. of us settle for trash because we see ourselves as trash. Right. You know, yes. and the reality is, is when you can make the mental shift from I'm not a person of pain, I'm a person of purpose mm -hmm. and focus on that day in and day out. Yeah. Like you're going to get somewhere. Like, so a lot of folks say, well, how'd you become homeless? And then how'd you do this? Right. Everybody wants to know what's, what's the how. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I respect and I understand, but it's more about the why than it is about the how or the what mm -hmm. for that matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Why I became homeless is because of pride, arrogance, and superficiality. Mm -hmm. Right. I went, uh, I had a, a mentor of mine. I made a bunch of money really, really quick. He get 19 years old. 
never been trained to handle money. Always, always come from more of a, I w- poverty is not the right word, but just shy of poverty environment. Right. Right. Yeah. When we, we had enough to get by, but the lights were getting cut off mm-hmm. or the water was getting cut off or we were getting evicted or whatever. Right. So it's like that, that survival kind of mentality. Right. So this guy gives me a heck of a chance, pours into me, gets me all the stuff I need. He sees potential in me. I don't really see in myself. Um, other than the fact I've always been a hard worker. Um, you know, or some of our mutual friends, if they told you what my day in, day in the life of Scoggins is like, yes. like say this guy just doesn't stop. Right. <laughs> um, but that hard work and mentality can only take you so far. Yeah. And I went and made a bunch of money really, really fast. 19 years old, making six figures, you know, six figures is at 19 back in the That's late a 90s is a, yes. big, is a lot of money. Absolutely. And I went out and bought the sports car and I went out and, you know, flipped hundred dollar bills. And I went to the different, you know, what was used to be putt putt golfing games and the pool halls and, you know, the, yeah. the hangout spots or whatever. And, um, had the, you know, had the, had the, the, the sports car. I think car you with, just aged us dramatically. <laughs> uh, well, I know I aged me, but that's totally cool with me. <laughs> I'm very young for my age, but, <laughs> you know, but I had the big boom, boom system in the back, the back yep. of the car, would shake oh, yeah. and whatever, right? oh, and, yeah. you know, total show off. And one of the things I've realized is people who are dealing from a level of insecurity feel the need to show off different things. Yes. Well, as a person of faith, I got my big dog, Jesus, right behind me, yeah. like my dog, um, who's all about redemption. Who's not about blame. Who's not about shame. He's not about condemnation. He's about acceptance. Mm-hmm. I accept you for where you are, but can you accept yourself for where you are? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then redeem yourself from that place. And through all of that, um, I believe that anybody that's riding high on arrogance eventually will be humbled. Mm, absolutely. And I thank God for that. I went through a, uh, a scenario where a five foot six brown eyed girl took me on a ride of my life. <laughs> right. I was not a healthy person. She was uh, not a healthy person. And it was a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, fast forward three, four months later, I'm tens of thousands of dollars in debt because of stuff that I was doing for her, giving her my credit card, letting her do whatever, just a nasty environment, went through severe depression. Um, and then came out the other side of that kind of like, wait a minute, where's my shelter? Like what? And then literally find my, I literally found myself in a public restroom one afternoon at a world's gym. Um, I don't even know world's gym that still exists, but it's like a, you know, it's like a gold. Yeah. Like like a gold's. Yeah. Um, still had, that was the only reason people didn't know I was homeless because I would go into the gym it was the only active membership I had. It was like 20 bucks. It wasn't hard to like keep yeah. keep alive. I went in, took my showers and whatever got changed. But I remember having this moment in time where I, I, I'm like raised my head like something out of the movies. And I lock eyes with myself. And I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I've had that moment too. You know? And Quite sobering. Yeah. Well, and but it's but that's the beginning of the transparency, right? Yeah. It's like, you know you're more than this. And right. I think instinctively, we all know we're more than whatever Absolutely. we're facing. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that shift specifically began something that I would like to call humble confidence. Mm. Right. It was, a, it, was a, it was the very first baby step of breaking down my arrogance and pride and all the things because I'm five foot five. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to have short man syndrome. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to be like Napoleon and whatever. And a, a lot of folks, when they meet me, they kind of expect that because I have, you know, built some businesses and done some stuff. And they, they assume that, well, he's got to be this hard charging, whatever. Right. And the truth is, is part of that is true. Right. Right. But my grandfather told me to be one part lion and one part lamb and then learn to have the wisdom to know the difference. Ooh, yeah, that's good. So there's time to, there's times for the bold and there's also times, there's also time for the empathy and the compassion, et cetera. Yeah. So um, one of our mutual friends was telling me, she goes, I don't know anybody. She, she, she deals in fire and earth and water. I deal in disc and whatever, but you know, she's like, I've never met a fire like you. I'm like, what do you mean? 
<laughs> She's like, well, most fires are like egotistical. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah. I said, well, I used to be. Yeah. And this we've, guy crushed We've got me. that side. We've got that <laughs> yeah. side of us. That's for sure. Yeah. And, I can and, totally know, relate. Yeah. And this guy crushed me and, you know, and then, and then the difference between taking that experience and then turning it into a business long-term is an evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. I discovered a long time ago, and this is for every entrepreneur that listens to your show. Okay. You really only need to focus on five things to build and scale a business. Just okay. five. I'm taking notes. Okay. The first thing you got to focus on is be absolutely sincere with development process, your vision, your mission, your core values, what you stand for, what you stand against, your product assessment, where you're coming from in the marketplace, who you sold to, what you're selling. There's not an, you need to spend a lot of time. It's one of the things I've been helping one of my our mutual friends out with recently is build a massive strategy to completely relaunch them. In a, mm. so to speak. And they're very successful in their own right. They're crazy right. successful. But I'm like, you're here. You need to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of deal, you know? And I see this a lot with thought leaders specifically. A lot of thought leaders are, are fantastic communicators and they have a massive message and, and can grace some amazing stages, but a lot of the back end stuff is not there. Right. Okay? Totally. So what I'm gonna what I'm outlaying for you is the is the five categories that have to become the infrastructure. So if the first phase is development, mm-hmm. the second phase is the sales phase. Mm-hmm. What are you selling? Who are you selling it to? What modality are you selling it? Are you selling it via web? Are you selling it via phone call? Are you like you have to think through these things? Right, right. Most entrepreneurs they don't. They're like, I got a check. I got yeah. a service. I gave you right. your service. I got a check. And as a result, what happens is, is everything becomes a transaction, mm-hmm. not an experience. Mm-hmm. I deal in experiences. When we do live events for people like Ed Milet and other people, it's yeah. an experience. Like yeah. when people come here, I don't care whose branding's on the wall. I want them to feel something. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So when you understand the development phase and the sales phase, the next phase, phase is the fulfillment phase. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fulfill the obligation of that product, good, or service with absolute excellence where the person enjoys the trip? Mm. I see a lot of businesses that are super good at mission, vision, values, and they're super right. good at sales. But when it and comes to drop. like, and they, yeah, it's like I, I sent them the email. Right. Like, where are the other six followers? I sold them the product. Exactly. Where's the yeah. thank you gift? Where's the right. where's the where's the connection? Like, where's yeah. the personalized? You know, one of the things I'm doing with a lot of the thought leaders I work with recently is I actually make them make a video thank you. Mm. Like it's it's a video yeah. effect. Hey, I'm super grateful you're here. I'm super grateful you partnered with me. I really want to come alongside of you on your journey and have it come from a service place, not like. Well, thank you so much. You're about to make a bazillion dollars. And by the right. way, we have a special offer just today, just for you. See, you right. really can go there. You can go there. I love uh, it. <laughs> my, a buddy of mine, I had him on the podcast longer. He calls it being pitched slapped. Yes. Yes. I've heard that. So good. You know? So true. So true. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's the thing is if you don't consider how these people are going to digest this product, good or service, then you're going to be screwed up. Yeah. Right. The fourth phase is super duper important, and a lot of entrepreneurs get this way wrong, is finance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you sell something or once you develop something, you sell it, then you fulfill it and you get paid for it. What are you doing with that resource? Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs steal from their business. Very early days, that. they steal their business. What I mean by that is when you actually go to be, begin to build a business and mm-hmm. you begin to have some level of success, Right. Mm-hmm. All no entrepreneur goes into business thinking they're going to be unsuccessful. 
They right. all want massive success in some way, shape, or form, okay? Yeah. Some see it as more of an impact. Some see it as more of an income. But it's some combination of both. If I do really well, people are going to reward me with Benjamins, okay? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the problem is, is most businesses need to be sustained for three to five years first mm-hmm. before the entrepreneur should be taking any more than what I call a maximum living wage out of their business. Gotcha. Okay. Maximum living wage is going to be whatever your bills are plus 30%. Right. Okay. So if your bills are a thousand bucks a month, then you're going to take 13 hours a month and you're going to live on that 13 bucks a month. You're like, wait, wait a minute. I'm working 14 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. I'm answering the phones. I'm doing the sales. And I'm like, yeah, but if you don't do it, you're not going to have what's called retained earnings or cash yeah. flow when you need it to scale your business. Right. Right. I'm going to put this into perspective for our listeners real quick. You just brought up a memory for me. So when I launched, I guess it was my really my second big entrepreneurial venture. It was a cold press juice company. And, you know, it's doing really well. The money's coming in. I, I think that was, I, I, I don't know if I should say I've worked harder in that business than any other business because really I just always work that hard. <laughs> yeah. But it felt like it was obscene. And I had toddlers at the time, you know, babies mm-hmm. underfoot and I'm working a million hours a week. And I can remember two years in, you know, cause we just kept pumping the money back in and expanding and growing and expanding and growing. My business partner came, I was going on a trip to California and he brought me like $400 of like petty cash. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, take it. You've earned it. And I was like, are you serious? But I say <laughs> yeah. that because we had way more than $400 cash yeah. that a lot of business owners would have just been taken that whole entire time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I knew in order to scale that business and to really build it to the, the way I wanted to, that I had to take the minimum. Yeah. So even if I could have had a hundred thousand in my pocket, mm-hmm. I was grateful for $400 literally yeah. because yeah. I was like, that's all I'm taking from yeah. this engine that I'm trying to build. So yeah. like, you know, that's what we really, we, I mean, I just think you're so spot on is entrepreneurs aren't thinking about it like that at mm-hmm. all. It's like, we just well, they're thinking I've, I've worked so hard. I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And you got two choices. Either you can deserve it or your business can deserve it. Right. If your business doesn't deserve it, you can't scale your business. Right. Perfect example. I got a young man I've been working with. Um, for probably two years and year one, I gave him a bunch of advice. He didn't use any of it. Like he just did the opposite. And then he came to me crying, literally crying one afternoon. He's like, oh. I don't know what's the last working. I said, well, I told you to do this. You did the opposite. I told you to do this. You did the opposite. I told you to do this. You did the opposite. I told you to do this. And like we walked through the whole hierarchy. Yeah. I said, what if you just did these three things right now for yourself and for your business? Will you take, will you take a step of faith for three things? He's like, I'll do anything, man. I want to be successful, right? <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we went over these three things or whatever, and then he went from zero to $300,000 in top line in one year. Wow. Okay? Now, at the $300,000 mark, he says, he calls me one after he's super excited. He says, I just invested in this tens of thousands of dollars mastermind. I'm like, mm-hmm. Why? Well, because I'm going to be around my people. I'm going to learn marketing. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, but you that's that's a, a huge chunk of your top line revenue. Right. And then he comes back to me, says, this is like six months later. He goes, I'm, I'm going to be a little short of my tax payments. Oh, I gotta, now I got to I gotta make payments. I'm like, you're, you're making wrong payments to the wrong people. Right. Right. And it's right. because 
they get we we entrepreneurs yeah. we get overconfident yeah. fast. Yep. We under we under evaluate risk. We over evaluate success, mm-hmm. and as a result, we get ourselves in trouble. Now, where does this whole process come from? Yeah. I mean, it's the nature of the entrepreneurial mind, right? It is. Like we're we're risk takers. We're you you know visionaries. We, mm-hmm. we believe in the dream, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. It's and we're and most of us sword. are doing this because we want to be financially rewarded. We're taking right. a massive risk. We're doing things yeah. that I don't know. Ninety seven percent of the population won't even try. Right. 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 Well, Steve Myrick, my first mentor of all time, <clears throat> and I'm gonna give you a piece of different information because I've done a lot of uh, stuff that he's told me in the past with other, with other um, platforms. But when Steve Meyer came to me, one of the things he told me, I was probably maybe five years into building the new business that I got a second chance on that I didn't deserve that became the big business. Does that make sense? So I'm like, this is the construction business. This is the construction business. Okay. Gotcha. Excuse me. So I'm four or five years in and I'm about to make this mistake again. I'm about to go in and take a huge chunk of cash out because I wanted a sports car and he basically stopped me. Okay. And fortunately I had wisdom enough to know that when I want to make a big decision, now I check with a mentor. Right. Right. Which is one of the things I love about your mastermind group is that you surround yourself with a lot of mentors and a lot of amazing human beings in there. In this particular case, he pulls me to the side. He goes, I want you to remember something. You're riding high right now, but there will become a season where you'll have a dip. He says, he goes, he started trying to explain the stock market. He never, he didn't, he wasn't a big stock market guy, but he was trying to help me understand. He says, when everybody is riding on the bull, there's always a bear that's trying to bite the bull's butt. Now he's a country guy, right? So he's like using country slang. And he said, conversely, anytime that there's a bear, the bull is always chasing the bear. Meaning that You've got to run to operate your financial perspective on your business in a gray area, not in a all success or all, because what will happen is, is you're super successful. You make a lot of dumb decisions. You spend a lot of cash you're going to need in rainy day fund or whatever. And then when the, when the bottom falls out, you make a lot of dumb decisions out of fear and insecurity because you think the whole world's craving in. So you sell your own, you sell your only assets for pennies on the dollar and so on and so forth. Right. If you can, if I can get every entrepreneur out there to understand that if they will go three to five years and take their minimum living wage time plus 30%, that gives them margin yeah. to live and enjoy some of yeah. it. If yeah. they would just do that, and at year five, if they'll if they do that process and they've managed to stay very successful, they can afford to take a 20% distribution out of their business. Right. right. And then go buy your your funding, right. your house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's like sacrifice now. Yeah. So you don't have to sacrifice later. Right. Absolutely. You always got to play the long game. Always, Mm -hmm. always, always. And I think, you know, I think that's what successful entrepreneurs get. And I think it's like, it's almost like, you know, my mom used to talk about like new money versus old money. It's Mm kind of like new entrepreneur versus old entrepreneur. (laughs) You know, it's like, I've been doing this long enough that it's just the nature of my mind to always Mm -hmm. play the long game, you know? Yeah. Um, but you definitely see, and I love metrics and numbers. Like, I love that you just kind of gave those numbers alongside Mm -hmm. of it because I always want the formula. Like I get the concept, I get play the long game, but like, what does that mean? Give me, Mm -hmm. give me, uh, give me a formula for that. So I can actually put it into place. Yeah. And what you just shared is, is gold, I think. Well, thank Um, you. Yeah. Let me circle back real quick. Cause did we get to number five? I just want to make sure. No, we haven't. I, oh, okay. I was, did I miss it? Did I miss it? Yeah. All right. No, we're on. good. Number five is raving fan retention. Uh, yeah. All right. So here's the difference. Um, an eight figure, a six figure entrepreneur focuses on the transaction 
an eight-figure entrepreneur focuses on the what's called lifetime value. How can I keep this? Because that's big. Everyone wants to know what the difference between a yeah a six-figure entrepreneur right over seven. Yeah, went from six to eight. Six-figure entrepreneur focuses on the transaction. The eight-figure entrepreneur focuses on lifetime value. The seven figures figuring out along the way, Mm. right? So the the difference is, is I sell you a product, good or service, you accept payment and the deal's done. Okay. On the surface level, our financials look pretty good. I sold something at a profit. I had a customer buy it at a profit. What you you really want to do is you want to create an ecosystem Mm. so that keeps them coming back for more. It's one of the reasons why I actually really love uh, quality masterminds. Yeah. Like when I mean quality masterminds, I mean like, the the person who hosts the mastermind is genuinely concerned about serving. Yeah. Um, the audience, the people that are coming into the mastermind are wanting to learn how to serve at scale. Uh, they're they're wanting to better their life and their business yeah. and stuff like that. There's there's a there's a humble hunger there. Yes. Okay. As opposed to the other mastermind that I mentioned earlier, it was a bit more of a you got sold, dude. <laughs> right. Kind of thing, right. Yeah, and I think that's that's where the I and you know I don't always I don't want this to come across as like people of faith are better. Mm-hmm. I just, I just can't, it's hard to literally comprehend operating the world without faith, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, if you're a person of faith, make sure you're kind of looking for that piece mm-hmm. because it's just my belief system that yeah. if I, if I decide to launch a mastermind, it's to serve, it's to impact, it's to change lives. Like mm-hmm. I am 100% creating this for what I can hopefully do for you. Yep. And so I, 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 it's really hard for me to even wrap my brain around the other way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that piece is just really important. Like you said, you know, make sure, make sure it's there. Make sure. Yeah. And, and you'll know, I mean, all right, go biblical on you for a second. Uh, Bible says you can judge everybody by their fruit. Right. When you involve yourself in something meaningful and then uh, the person that's sold you on that concept doesn't provide something meaningful, you need to opt out. Right. 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 You know, fortunately, in the circles we run in, everybody loves service and everybody wants to help. And it's, you know, I think that's I and I feel like you're starting to see a bigger movement uh, as a result of that. Yeah. But the eight figure entrepreneur is not focused on the transaction. They're focused on how can we become relationally connected for the rest of your life? Hence lifetime value. I mean, I'm like, you're speaking my language because um, I think it was Randy Garn's book that I was reading that he he worded it some way. And I was like, that's why I love this guy so much. Yeah. Like his highest like priority, his highest like currency is, is is relations. Mm-hmm. You know, is it's like relationship and but it's through service. Yes, 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 through service. And that's probably my, you know, biggest desire. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, when I do the, like my own vision work and I'm like, if I could just sit around and do whatever I wanted to do all day long, I would do this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I just want to connect. I yeah. just want to connect and talk to freaking awesome people. <laughs> like it lights me up like nothing else. Yeah. So, I mean, that was part of like, probably should start a podcast. Yeah. And hey, like, like, I love your podcast. Oh. You've had a lot, you know, when we first connected via Instagram, it was funny where we were like one circle disconnected. Yeah. A variety of different folks. Exactly. And then, uh, 
I uh, saw so many of my friends. I'm like, I, I've got it. Yeah, this, this is this is an easy yes. Like, Aww. let's let's knock this out. And then I started digging Thank into you. everything you've been doing, and I've been like super impressed with what you've been building. Like, Thank it's you. really really strong, and uh, the heart's there, the the impact is there, and I know the the people you serve would absolutely agree with me 100. percent You know, it's Thank it's you. a big deal because wow. there are a lot of gurus trying to sell you crap. Yeah. And what you need to propel yourself forward is a mentor slash guide. Yeah. You yeah. know, and if you position, and this is for your, your audience, if you position your business model in such a way that positions you as a mentor and or a guide rather than a guru, you'll be able to create lifetime value. Yes. And it, it'll go down to um, every email you write, <clears throat> everything that's automated, every video you make, every Instagram post, every TikTok mm-hmm. thingy, like your voice, your authentic voice, if it's coming from a place of service will resonate with folks. You know, we, we talked a little bit about masterminds in general and, and how effective they can be when they're positioned correctly. Um, most people don't understand that a, a really solid mastermind is going to be a few thousand bucks. Right. For sure. And the reason it's going to be a few thousand bucks is they don't understand what goes into building one. Right. It's expensive yes. just to build the infrastructure to be able to engage people at such a level where people can actually legitimately connect. Yeah. You know, but yep. that goes back to creating the lifetime value because yeah. so much thought goes into the front end. You know, one of our mutual friends, I'm going to help her uh, put together a, 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 a nice mastermind herself, but we're going to spend six months before we ever launch it. Right, right. To yeah. make sure, okay, well, who's the audience? What yeah. do they need? How do we create lifetime value? How do we help them excel? How are we yeah. going to measure the audience's success by using our product, our good, or our service? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a strategy. Right. Right? And yeah. it's a service-based strategy. Right, right. I love that so much and and you're absolutely right on and it's it's crazy to me you know I w- I wish more people understood what they would get out of a coach a mentor mm-hmm. an advisor a mastermind it doesn't matter what it is you just got to find the right one that speaks yeah. to you but I mean you know we talk about it collapsing time I mean mm-hmm. it it truly you can get in one year I always say you know I expect my mastermind members to get in one year where they may have gotten in 10 all mm-hmm. alone, maybe, yep. you know, but maybe, maybe 15 or 20 or never yep. when you're going about it alone. Like you, it is the single biggest differentiator between mm-hmm. fast success versus slow success or never success is the, right. the guide, the mentor, the advisor, the people that you're yeah. having conversation with. Um, Robin Sharma, I read this quote this year. I love Robin Sharma. Oh, me too. I love him to death. He's a guy, so good. He's a good friend. And he said, we become our conversations. I mean, Robin Sharma said a lot of things that I love, but like (laughs) that one. We both talk in fortune cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I love it though. He always says, you know, put it, make a brain tattoo. And we become our conversations. I'm like, that is, it's everything. Like, and and that is the people that you're surrounding yourself with. You know, they're going to unlock ideas and levels and people and introductions yeah. and conversations and ideas that you can't get there by yourself. You can't mm-hmm. get there alone. It's it's just everything. Well, they um, see you differently than anybody else can see yes. you. Yes. They see yeah. around you. You only see inside of you. Yeah. You know, and and having that outside perspective is huge. I was just thinking... Um, <clears throat> I've been very fortunate. I'd literally just finished up a very small project for Tony Robbins. Um, or his, it, but it came through. I had been serving someone else, not wanting anything in return, helping them build out something. And then somebody witnessed it and, and they're like, hey, I'm going to like, I have a guy. Yeah. Right. 
And I say that to say that most business owners, another reason they fail to scale mm -hmm. is because they fail to really serve. Right. Right. So the, the opportunities that would come though, to them. Stephen, yeah. don't you feel like it comes back to just our belief system? Like the, our operating system in the world mm -hmm. is I'm just going to serve and I know it'll come back to me. Yeah. I, I don't even hesitate for a split second. I just have such faith and belief. And if I wake up every day and go where I'm called, you know, there's a prayer, like, help me say what you want me to say, help mm -hmm. me do what you want me to do, help you help me yep. meet who you want me to meet. And it's just like, let me just be a channel. Let me be a vessel. And if I do that, my God b wants me to live in abundance. Right. Yeah. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic to get into. It's, it's just going to flow right back to me. And if you're sowing good seed, you're always going to grow good fruit. Yes. You yes. know, and again, when it comes to life, entrepreneurship, and when it comes to all of it, right, everybody likes to focus on the surface. They need to focus on the root. If you can change the root of anything, you can change the fruit of anything, mm -hmm. right? So if your root is service, your root is appreciation, your root is gratitude, your root is, your root is um, uh, being of good rapport and having good character and integrity, good things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's a matter of just focusing on, you know, kind of the main areas. Again, I think, so many times people, we, 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 as humans, we love to overcomplicate things. We think if it's oh, overcomplicated, yeah. it's going to work in reality. Mostly what's overcomplicated never works. Right. Instead, Absolutely. what does work is the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, I've always said yeah. that principles govern promises. Like mm -hmm. if you want to live wealthy, great. Stop spending less, stop spending more money than you make. Right. right. Like right. that's a principle, yeah. right? It's a fundamental. It's a rule. It's a, it's a life truth. Yeah. And another thing that you're going to pick up from these mentors and these coaches and the things that we were just talking about is, is you're going to pick up the fundamentals and the principles, yeah. and then you have to live by them. And then right. good things happen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Imagine cool. that. It's yeah. like magic. Yeah, yeah. And what you just said, it was one of the things I was listening to Craig Ballantyne uh, spoke on stage this weekend. And he, I was like, you crushed it, texting him afterwards. And he's like, what was your takeaway? Which I love that. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to, I need to think about this for a second. And he said, if you want to do great things, you got to do fewer things, mm -hmm. which is just something I believe so much in, yeah. you know, and again, and again, there's so many entrepreneurs out there trying to do 10 different things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, do one thing well, scale mm -hmm. it, get the systems and the teams mm -hmm. and everything in place to where, and I always use my podcast as, you know, my best example. When we launched, I was like crying. I was so overwhelmed with like trying no. to figure it out. And like, yeah. what are all the pieces? And, and we need to do this. There's a million things. Now I'm like, wait, what are the millions? I don't even know what I was. What was I? <laughs> it's <What>? automated. <laughs> yeah, like, I just pop on here, have an amazing conversation and yeah. I'm done, you know, yeah. because I have the team and the systems in place that create all the marketing and, and everything. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like that in the beginning. And so you mm -mm. have to do whatever you're creating as an entrepreneur you have to, I always say like, treat it like a newborn baby, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to get that baby to where the point where they're like up running, walking, you know, taking yeah. off before you decide to have another baby. Yeah. And so if we, <laughs> otherwise it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be real <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Right. And you're not going to raise any of them. Well, mm -hmm. so you got, if you want to do great things, you got to do less things. Absolutely. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Rory Vaden um, says diluted time. All right. I'm sorry. Diluted focus. He's, it leads to diluted results. Mm -hmm. And I love that because another principle of scaling an organization or a business is the, is the principle of compounding. Mm -hmm. uh, an eight-figure entrepreneur is always asking, always, 
how can I do more with less or how can I compound yeah. my time, my talent, yes. my resources? So in other words, <clears throat> so we're going to invest, you know, 45 minutes to an hour chatting, right? Yep. And then our mutual teams are going to go and and turn it into 50 things. Yeah. Right. But it's one hour of our time. It's going to yep. turn into up to 14 hours of our time spread yeah. across multiple, multiple lanes. So that's a good use of time. Uh, another person I've been working re with recently, they're a very successful speaker, but they spend all their time traveling all over the place. There's no downtime. There's no, there's no, there's no semblance ready for life. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. okay. So, well, the problem is, well, if I come off the road and I'm not speaking as much, then my revenue is going to dip. If my revenue right. dips then that affects me financially. Okay. I, I totally understand. Yeah. But it's not a compounding of time. A compounding of time is how can I do what I love and still do that, but also carve out, carve out enough time to do what's called one to many. Mm -hmm. Like a mastermind is an example of one to many, right, right? One hour of your time now compounds and turns into this versus yeah. the same, you know, a speak, like when I travel and speak, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but when you, when I travel and speak, it's typically I fly out, which is yep. a day I do the gig. I hang out during the day because I like people and I want to, yeah. I want to help and yeah. serve. And I'm the weirdo that might say, well, yeah, what was your takeaway? You know, kind of, <laughs> or hear about your mom and them. Right. I, yeah. I, I enjoy that. I then get back on an airplane and I travel back, right? Yeah. I'm gone three days. Okay. You can do an easy mathematical equation to understand if you take last year's net income of your business, if you're an S corp or you're a solopreneur, so to speak, like you, you, you own a hundred percent of your shares, right? Take the net income of your business, divide it by 2080, which is the average workable hours in a given year mm -hmm. that will tell you what an hour of your time is worth. Wow. I can't okay. to do that. So an hour of my time on average is worth somewhere between twelve and eighteen thousand dollars. Okay. Thank you for your thank you for your time. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like cool people. What can I say? Yeah. Um, but it, but what it does is it helps you better appreciate yeah. where you spend your time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not saying you're you're not gonna go do some free stuff and charity stuff and whatever, because right. that's that is part of what you're supposed to be doing. Um, when you go build an organization, build a life, et cetera. However, it will help you say no to things as well. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody says, well, I want you to travel to Houston, Texas, <clears throat> and um, I'll, I'd love to hire you to speak. Okay, great. Um, what's your speaking fee? Okay, well, my speaking fee is X. Well, we only have $5,000. Right. Okay. I, I understand that. And that's totally cool. Um, how about I can do something for you virtual? Right. Right. Or... It, it, Essentially, what it is is when we don't hold our value, we end up mm -hmm. selling our value to other people at an undervalue. Yes. So and by backing the, backing your way ahead. into the one hour backing your way into the one hour thing allows you to say yes or no to things that make sense, which allows you to compound. Yes, 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 yes. And I think the other thing that that serves really well is you start you realize your worth, mm -hmm. and then you catch yourself doing stupid crap. Right? <laughs> yes. You're like, uh, Me too. I, you're like, I, my, my worth is $10,000 an hour. Why in the world mm -hmm. am I doing this? Right. And, yeah. and I think a lot of, especially women entrepreneurs can push back on this, but I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, when I started getting somebody to drop off a couple meals for me, because I hate cooking, mm -hmm. it, it was also, you know, stealing my joy, but it was stealing quality time with my mm -hmm. kids, right? Yeah. I'd rather somebody drop off a meal that I paid for and be in the driveway mm -hmm. shooting hoops with my kids mm -hmm. and laughing and talking yeah. and that quality time 
that, you know, why am I spending an hour going to the grocery store, an hour in the kitchen, an Mm -hmm. hour doing this? We got to start looking at all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? Am I, you know, getting the groceries delivered or am I spending two hours driving back and forth and going to the grocery store? Am I picking up my dry cleaning or is somebody else picking it up for me? Mm -hmm. But in your business too, you know, am I creating graphics or do I need to hire a graphic designer that can Mm -hmm. do it in one-tenth the time and Mm -hmm. better because this is not my wheelhouse? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's that's getting clear on what you're really good at. It's getting, Mm -hmm. but it's also getting clear on, and not everybody will be able to jump out of the gate and be like, you know, I I can hire this person, that person, whatever. And there's, you know, that's part of building a business is learning to do uh, learning to do a lot of things yourself. When I built the construction business, for example, I've done every single role in this in this building at one time or another yeah. personally. Now, I will tell you, especially at this scale, um, it's done a whole lot better than I ever did it before because I'm not a detail person. Right. I'm a strategy, vision, relationship kind of. That's that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. <clears throat> so sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to get to do the things you want to do 100%. over time. Yeah. However, you should constantly be looking at how you're compounding or not compounding your time, your talent, your resources. Yes. Like uh, another eight figure trick is um, I, this is a rule that I made up and I made it up because it works for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, for every dollar I invest forward, I expect three dollars in return mm-hmm. minimum. Right. Ideally, it's 20 or 15. But, you know, yeah, a trade is. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to invest in a person, a place, a thing, a resource of any kind. I want threefold return. You just said a key word too that I think a lot of newer entrepreneurs miss. <laughs> you said invest. Mm-hmm. And and I I will fully admit that I have sometimes a hard time hiring because mm-hmm. I, I it's my fear, right? Because mm-hmm. I can manage all of it and you know lose my freaking mind. God bless you. I don't think so. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, yeah, I can't. And so I, I hesitate sometimes to hire somebody and pay them you know, mm-hmm. a good salary, because mm-hmm. I think it's my emotion comes up with the fear of them not being able to do it as well. You know, yeah. I could have done it. Da, 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 da. But that is like, first, we need to do it quicker. I think every entrepreneur needs to do that faster than mm-hmm. they're doing it, right? Yeah. I, I go back to the very beginning of my coaching business. And I hired a a high school or college girl that lived two, three houses down. Mm-hmm. So like, I was like, Hey, can you come in and just do like silly little I think I gave her like 10 bucks an hour back then. Yeah. It was just stupid stuff that like, I, I realized was pulling me away. Like even getting up to go to the kitchen to grab lunch and coming back, I was like, that's 30 minutes that I'm, I'm not on sales calls. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you really have to look at your time that way. And when we maximize it, I mean, we can a hundred X what we're doing with our yeah. time. Yeah. A hundred X. Yeah. So I was with what, a, what I go back to real quick is the yeah, investment sure. word. Mm-hmm. When we hire someone, it's not an expense. It should be an investment, mm-hmm. right? Just like you said, if I'm yep. hire, if I'm paying you X, I, expect, it's invested. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is always hard when you're hiring, but you should get three times that back. Just like when you hire a coach and an advisor, a, a join mm-hmm. a mastermind, whatever it is, yeah. you should expect that to be an investment and you should get a return in your investment, mm-hmm. not put that in the expense column. Yeah. And this, look, I'm, I've been very fortunate. I've been reasonably successful thus far in life. Um, and God, God willing, it'll continue. Um, I try to do a lot of the really, the really good things to, to keep uh, perpetuating. But even today, I still hire and pay for, invest in coaches, mister, masterminds, all kinds of things that make sense for where I'm at in my life and business. And you will level up each and every time, you yep. know. 
part of that compounding piece, <clears throat> I was with a um, a private, I guess they're they're technically like a private jet company. They're they're uh, a competitor of like NetJets, and they're going uh, they're going public soon. And one of the things that came up in this private meeting with a lot of other entrepreneurs in the room, uh, when they were kind of you know they were sharing with us their vision and why they're going public and all this kind of stuff. One of the things they shared with us in the room specifically was that they learn to measure everything in minutes. Mm-hmm. That they realize that they don't sell airfare or travel; they sell time. Yes, they sell time. So, you know, we're, and they were giving examples like you know our they didn't give a specific name. It said competitor A over here will go spend yeah. <clears throat> a lot of money over here in building out a nice lobby and you know, fancy coffee and whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes, we don't we don't do that. When when you when you hire us. We expect you to show up to the tarmac and get on a beautiful airplane that's already been that's already like beautifully appointed and take you to your destination. You get off, get back on, etc. He said we sell time. Yes, you know that's the, that is the number one I, thing I think of when I book air travel. How can I mm-hmm. get home the fastest? Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I don't care about the fancy stuff on the. You don't way want to have like nineteen connections. I mean, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because somebody said this past weekend they were like. Oh my gosh, you must like you like you like red eyes? And I was like, I freaking hate red eyes, mm-hmm. but I love my children more than mm-hmm. I hate red eyes. And oh, I will take yeah. a red eye home every single, you know, to be able to walk yeah. in on a Sunday morning and go up and snuggle my teenage kids as they're waking yeah. up. Like I would yeah. trade that for the world. I'll I'll take the sacrifice <laughs> of a red eye. Right. Well, the crazy part is, is uh Seeing an airport is not the same as seeing the world. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. This conversation is so good. So can we wrap up with, well, I've got two questions and I'm going to let you choose. Okay. So one, how in the world did we go from construction company to what your business is today and what it looks like? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going to give you the second one. I want you to answer that one. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought I had a choice. Uh, um, it's really a twofold answer. Okay. So because I'm a person of faith uh, and had a encounter, if you will, a divine encounter, a physical divine manifestation conversation with the divine. Okay. That set me on a course from uh, former atheism into where I'm at today. Okay. Wow. And then the transformation that's, that's uh, entwined with it. And how many years ago was that? 1998, 1998. So it's been, it's been a minute. I've been walking with Jesus for a while. Um, he's my dog. Um, but, uh, in that course, in that time frame, uh, I heard two things, uh, in that correspondence. Uh, the second of which was one day I will call you out of this. Okay. At the time, this meaning what was literally, I was still wearing a tool belt or a nail apron, really had no money to my name, site built scaffolding and had no idea what that meant. Okay. And then I started just to build the construction business. I started to show up and do the client calls. I would change clothes and, you know, be on the job site. Then I would change out of my cutoff shorts and into like khakis and a whatever and smell like sawdust and whatever. And I would go to my, do a sales appointment. Then I would come home, change clothes again, get back on the wall, finish up the day, go home, do plans all night. And then that was my life for like the first four or five years. Um, you know, so the, the, the thought process kind of dropped out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, about seven years in, um, I discovered that I was changing and I had been changing for, for some time. The way I thought was changing, how I took care of myself was changing. 
Um, the people I surrounded myself was changing. How I was managing money was changing. Um, there was a lot of change going on. And that change continued and continued and continued and continued. About seven years in, I realized something very interesting is that God was teaching me how to use my hands to teach me how to use my head that then one day teach me how to use my heart. Mm. And that's been the, I think that's the transformational journey um, for anyone who's going to do something in this life of really substance. Not, and a substance could be, you're an amazing father and a mother and you're raising one of our next leaders, right? It's not, but the trend is still there in order for you to train that child up in the way so to speak, you have to continually be training yourself, right? Yeah. Fast forward another three or four years in, in the construction business, maybe five. And then I started having teams. Like when I say teams, I mean like good sized teams. Like, you know, yeah. I wasn't, it was, I was not a one man show. I had like a leadership team of three or four people um, that had CFO and ABC and EFG behind their names. And of course they're, they're working for a guy that dropped out of high school. Right. right. So I had to overcome some insecurities and all this kind of stuff. That transformational period uh, gave me a hunger not only to transform myself through personal and professional development, mm-hmm. but then also turn it into personal personal and professional development. Mm-hmm. So around the time of 2011, 2012, I intentionally began feeding my team exactly what I was eating, so mm-hmm. to speak. This is the book of the month. This is the leadership yeah. thing. This is the podcast. This is the seminar. And I would I would literally start sending them everywhere. So fast forward another five years. Um, so now I'm, I'm, you know, 18, 20 years in business at this point in time. Um, one of our major suppliers comes to me and says, Hey, we want to know what your secret sauce is. Why does your company continue to scale when all the other companies around you are continuing to shrink? Happened a lot in 2008 as well. Like my, my construction business sequential in size. A lot of my competitors went out of business. Okay. <clears throat> and I said, well, I think I've realized that my construction company is not a construction company. It's a personal development company masquerading as a construction company. Okay. Yes. yes. And then <clears throat> to take it a step further, I went to a probably 2019. Um, I had to lay down because uh, I went through an embezzlement situation with my big business in 2017. That's why I led to lay down all the thought leadership stuff, even though I was riding the wave. I was yeah. notability was rising, was growing like crazy and whatever. Um, you know, when I went through that season specifically in the 2019, um, I was asking God, is it okay for me to kind of, cause I felt like part of me was dying without this side of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense. Yes. And so I go to, I, I have a, I've been, I was praying there for several weeks and then <clears throat> I said, Lord, just send me somewhere. Like, tell me something. Right. Yeah. Out of the blue, one of my best friends reaches out to me via text and said, Hey, I think you should go to this business conference in Houston, Texas. It's a Christian business conference, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I hop on a plane, short notice, go down there. I mean, Houston, Texas, go to the event. He's like, text me again. He's like, Hey, by the way, keep an eye out for da 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 da. I'm like, what is this? You're like, you're talking like in this prophetic kind of thing. Yeah. Long story short is <clears throat> I wasn't there to be in the room. I was there to meet someone who was in the room. Right. Okay. I say all get, that to say. Get in the room. Get in the room. That's you right. always get in the room. <clears throat> that's right. When I got into the room uh, with this particular individual, I was like, he's like, well, share your whatever. And I, you know, I was fresh out of the embezzlement and still brokenhearted yeah. about it, betrayed and whatever. Um, I started sharing. He goes, all right, well, tell me, have you had any dreams recently? And I'm like, you mean like dream dreams? He's like, yeah. He goes, have any of them been colorful? I'm like, yeah, I've had three of them. So we have me recite. like a random person in the conference that you like get buddied up with kind of, and you're like, um, it's actually a little more serious. It's actually a little more funny than that. So, uh, at the end of the conference, as the conference was wrapping up, um, I raised my hand to answer a question. They pulled yeah. me up to the stage gotcha. and what came out of my mouth when I went to go ask the question was, 
<laughs> right. And then of course they're like, uh, uh, I mean, Sean Bowles, who's a, he's, he's out of California. He's, a, he's an awesome dude. He's, you know, he's like six foot something. He puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, uh, I think, um, I think we should probably get you with our ministry team. That like next, wow. so, you know, he was like, it was, it was really cool. It was a cool experience overall. Yeah. But, um, the guy that I happened to see in the back of the room was there for a one-off thing. He was, he knows, he knew Sean. Um, so he wasn't there as like part of their team, but he was there yeah. kind of serving as part of their team. And he went on to, to basically interpret these dreams in a closed door room while Sean and the other body else was finishing up the business conference. Okay. Um, which basically answered the question of should I begin to put myself back out there and would it work? And then the fact that I own a live event center and the, and the building and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, we went through all of that and then he goes, he goes, and then at the very end, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this at the very end, he says, you do know you're not the only construction guy that went on to have a massive ministry. Right. I'm like, huh? Oh, I just got goosebumps. Took me one second, but I just got goosebumps. Yeah. He's like, his name was Jesus. Right. So I say all that to say that a lot of times we as humans have a hard time connecting the dots. You make me tear up. We have a hard time connecting the dots. He doesn't. Um, One of the things that I was uh, texting one of our mutual friends before we hopped on the call was, it's like for the next six months, I just want you to hold everything with an open hand. Mm. I want you to, I want you to raise your cell and I want you, I want you to let God how, whatever your personal belief is, I want you to let it blow wind in that cell. And I want you to let that boat take you wherever it takes you. Yeah. Because then you'll be living authentically. And then you can get out of arrogance. You can get out of insecurity. You can get out of fear. You can get out of disbelief or doubt. You get out of all those things by leveling up your trust. And you only level up your trust when you take steps you don't understand. Man, that is literally gold. Have you had fun? I've had so much fun. I have a book full of notes in front of me. I mean, I, it's rare. I think the only other person I did this with was Randy Garn, where mm-hmm. I literally hit stop record, said goodbye, and then hit play again, because I just wanted to, I'm <laughs> oh. like, I got to hear that all like immediately all over again. Oh, thank you. So, so, so good. Well, tell me this, how can people connect with you? How can they work with you? What do you have coming up? All the things. Where can they find you? Give me all Yeah, that. so the Everything easiest place the to connect is obviously like everybody else. Go to stevenscoggins.com, two Gs and a PH. Um, you're there. I'm pretty active on Instagram. You know, I'm, my, my, sometimes my team will be in my DM. Sometimes it's me. And yeah. I'll typically tell you if it's me or not. But um, one of the things I am pretty excited about, and it'll probably be the beginning of October of 2023 when we do this, but we're rolling out a new platform called Unstoppable Online. Mm. Um, I have put inside of there nine days of live event content. Wow. So three days of transform you, uh, four days of unstoppable startup, which is, you know, taking your business from zero to eight figures. Yeah. Um, and all the things that go with it. I'm, I'm loading it with every cheat sheet that I've ever made to run my businesses. Wow. Um, I'm going to be bringing on, um, special guests. I'd love to have you on as well once a month yeah. to, to kind of engage the audience and teach a specific principle. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be really focused on for probably the next six to eight months is just community. Yeah. Because I bump into, uh, what I would refer to as aspiring achievers on a regular basis. And these, mm-hmm. and when I say aspiring achiever, it means 
they might be making five figures a year. They might be making 10 figures a year, but they, they want something more than they currently right. have. Right. And they want it for the right reasons. Yes. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, I'm not for the odd. I'm not for the person who's just trying to get rich. I, right. There's plenty yeah. of people you can go follow right. for there that. It's just not me. Right. Um, I want you to get rich on purpose. Yeah. Or when I say on purpose, I mean on purpose, like right. purpose, right. Like use purpose, serve, yes. help. I, I got it. I you know, got it. So, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So October this year, I mean, that's this like year. coming up. In three years in development, there's, it's a, you know, it's, it's got a built-in messaging system. So my audience or the community can talk to one another. It's got uh, built-in groups and forums and conversation dashboards. Oh it's gosh. got, it's got built-in, it's got, it's got, it technically has its own built-in social media functionality. Wow. Um, as soon as it's a hundred percent finished, it'll be converted to an app. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a, wow. it's a really, wow. really cool, um, platform, but it's taken three years of development to get it to do what I want it to do. Yeah. So that's amazing. Well, I'm in, I'm in, sign me up. I don't even care what it costs. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's go. So much value. So we'll link all that in the show notes. Um, Oh my gosh, Stephen! Thank you so much for your my time. Pleasure. Your eighteen thousand dollars an hour time—I <laughs> don't take it for granted. I'm super grateful for your friendship. Super grateful for just your wisdom today. Um, listeners, make sure you're tagging Stephen. Make sure you're tagging me, and share the episode with all your friends. And shoot us both a message, and um, we'd love to hear from you guys. So thanks for joining us today, and we will see you next week.